This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for September 10th, 2018. Some people think that a world without war is an impossible dream. Some people are actively working towards that goal. On this show, I'll talk to someone in the second camp. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic. What matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. And coming up for you in this podcast, when it comes to these things, are you in favor of what Trump did in this particular regard? In some ways, this more overt expression sort of helps our cause because it just makes it more apparent what is really happening. That's coming up in a moment. But first, I'm working towards making the podcast more professional with better research. And that's why I've set up a Patreon account for anyone who can donate a buck or two towards making that possible. You can set that up very easily. I want to thank all of the patrons, in particular Alan, who signed up as a patron since the last podcast. And if you're able to do the same, I would really appreciate it if you'd go to the website www.challengingopinions.com and follow the links to do the same as he did. I was looking through the Reddit politics subreddit, thinking about what I could talk about at the top of the show, and it sure wasn't giving me much inspiration. It's all Trump, Trump, Russia, Trump, Kavanaugh, Trump, impeachment, Trump. I realised something quite depressing. I've said before on the podcast that, to the extent that Putin supported Trump's election, he didn't support Trump that's to say he didn't support the candidate or his ideals, he supported Trump as an agent of disruption. He didn't support what Trump wanted to do, he supported Trump as a way of paralysing an enemy or a rival at any rate. The same could be said with Putin's support of Brexit in the UK. Now, you might believe that or not, that's up to you. We might get more evidence in the future of the extent to which Putin actually succeeded in influencing the election. But regardless of the truth of that, if you look at any political forum, either online or offline, there are thousands of issues that could be the focus of discussion. There's climate change, ISIS, Syria, Iran, the economy, the rise of China, Brexit, the migration crisis, and much more. And of course, there's Putin. But they aren't being discussed, not properly anyway. Scroll down the politics subreddit or any other political forum, and as I said, it's all Trump, Trump, Russia, Trump, Kavanaugh, Trump, impeachment, Trump, 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 Trump. Political discussion in the United States, and in the UK for that matter, is totally paralysed. There is no progress being made on any issue. If our rivals weren't trying to do that, they sure struck lucky. Do you agree? Do you disagree? If you want your point of view heard, email podcast at challengingopinions.com and say what you think. 
And on the line, I have Greta Zaro. She describes herself as a vegetarian sociologist environmentalist. She's the organising director for World Beyond War. And before that, she worked as the New York organiser for Food and Water Watch, campaigning on things like fracking, water privatisation and GMO labelling. Um, Greta, a while back you wrote an article which uh, the headline kind of said it. It said, when it comes to war, words matter. In short, what were you talking about there? Yes, this was an article that I co-authored with Gail Morrow, one of our volunteers at World Beyond War. And what our article was really about was the fact that earlier this year in 2018, the Trump administration secretly changed the Department of Defense's mission statement on their website, Mm -hmm. sort of without fanfare under the radar. Um, The mission statement changed and it used to say, quote unquote, to deter war. Mm -hmm. And now it says to provide lethal force to defend the security of our country and to sustain American influence abroad. Mm -hmm. So our article was really drawing attention to this recent word change and really illustrating how on one hand, in the sort of Trumpian way that we've seen over the past couple of years, this is a more overt and explicit expression of American aggressiveness. But on the other hand, in some ways, Trump is simply continuing a policy of U.S. foreign interventionism that has been going on for the past century. It's true that he's continuing that. But all industries try to control their language. You only have to go into Starbucks to see uh, the hundreds of names they can give to coffee. And very often that's sanitizing things and making, you know, trying to make it a, a PR presentation. Isn't that change in the uh, in the language, isn't it more honest? Yes, exactly. It's a more honest expression of what American foreign policy really is. And that is to protect American political and economic hegemony abroad. And we often see this sort of whitewashing of American interventions as, you know, something to be done to protect American interests, to protect our safety. Uh, but in reality, it is really to put forth our own economic interests, the interests of our country, I should say, not the people. Mm-hmm. And like, as you said, in the past with other presidents, particularly with President Obama, we saw a lot of whitewashing and um, language that covered up the real intentions. But here we're really seeing an overt militaristic expression. You brought up in your article that the Department of War, I think after World War II, was renamed the Department of Defense. And that's perhaps uh, an honest renaming, but it's also perhaps uh, toning down what they what they really do. You, I mean, you work for World Beyond War, so I guess you're not in favour of the military or war at all. But when it comes to these things, are you in favour of what Trump did in this particular regard? You know, that's an interesting question, William, because Mm -hmm. in some ways, this more overt expression sort of helps our cause because it just makes it more apparent what is really happening. And I think we saw with the Obama administration that because of this whitewashing we've been talking about, the peace movement, the anti-war movement sort of fell asleep at the wheel because he appeared to be you know, um, not engaging in these military inventions that in fact he was. And so actually, in a way, this is an advantage to us that Trump is being so explicit and aggressive. Um, and we saw one example of that with the ridiculous uh, Trump military parade that he was proposing this $90 million at taxpayers' expense military parade to parade tanks down the streets of Washington, D.C. And we saw a huge wave of opposition to that. And mm-hmm. again, I think it's because it's 
it's just so overt and grotesque and it's explicit glorification of militarism. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and there was resistance to that. But again, I'm wondering exactly what the effect of that would be. And in particular, isn't it a good idea that uh, if we're to have armies and to have uh, militaries and so forth, that they go around and bang their drums a little bit rather than actually shooting at people? Because uh, if somebody sees the amount of uh, military hardware that's available there, isn't that a proxy for war? It's a little bit like animals that kind of like stamp their feet and snort and uh, at each other, but don't actually kill each other. They kind of square off without having too much damage done. Well, if only it worked that way in reality. I mean, the fact is that whether the military parade happens or not, we are still intervening in countries. You know, we are killing millions of people abroad. We are violating international law. We are violating the United Nations. And we are seeing even that reports from the U.S.'s own intelligence departments are revealing that these interventions are not working, Mm -hmm. particularly with the war on terror, quote unquote. The Global Terrorism Index has actually shown that since the war on terror started in 2001, we've seen an increase in terrorism. And the U.S. Department of Intelligence even admits this itself, that these drone attacks and other interventions are causing more terrorists, more resentment, hatred, and blowback than they're preventing. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that all of the terrorism in the world, or even all of the terrorism that's directed towards the US, is really just being triggered by US action? Well, all I can say is what I've seen in the data, and we've seen this spike since these interventions have ramped up. We've seen uh, an equal spike in terrorism. And mm-hmm. again, like I said, the U.S. intelligence reports that have been declassified are showing that even within the government, uh, they are revealing this and, and they are talking about how it is not working. Sure, yeah, and- but if, if, I, if I was talking to a scientist, their retort would be N equals one, which means we have a, a data set of exactly one, which isn't terrible reliable at predicting what's going on. It's not terribly surprising that there is more military action at a time, that there is more terrorism. That doesn't really prove which way the causation is going, does it? Like I said, all I can do is point to these reports from the U.S. government that are showing that this is not working and these military, retired military officers that are coming forward and saying that this is not working. And in addition to what we've been talking about, there are so many other negative ramifications that have to be evaluated when you're looking at these military event interventions, mm-hmm. such as the ecological damage that is caused by these wars, the fact that the U.S. military is one of the world's top consumers of oil, mm-hmm. as well as, of course, the millions of people who are killed or severely injured from these interventions, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I-, I tend to agree with you, and I tend to agree with the uh, generals uh, who come out and say, a lot of what's done is counterproductive. And let's take that as true, that that it's given that a huge proportion, maybe even almost all of US military intervention is counterproductive. It doesn't, not only does it not achieve its aim, it doesn't even tend towards its aim. But if we put that aside for a moment, would you agree the world is really quite a dangerous place 
with or without US military intervention around the world. And that some of those dangers, yeah, sure, spring from both American military intervention and the reaction to it. But many of them exist completely independent of that. And one of the great ones is the unease, to put it at its mildest, in the Muslim world, which is causing huge conflict within the Muslim world. And that's spilling over into affecting the West as well. So one thing that we talk about at World Beyond War is the fact that the globe spends $2 trillion a year on militarism, which includes ongoing wars and conflicts, but also the business of war preparation, right? The ongoing stockpiling of weapons and military bases around the world. Mm -hmm. And something to consider in this discussion is the fact that the United States constitutes half, half, of that military spending, meaning that the U.S. spends $1 trillion a year on war and preparations e- for equal war. Equal to everybody so else put together. Half of, yes, half of the entire globe. So when you're talking about is the world safe or unsafe, should we intervene, yada, yada, one thing that we like to point out is, well, what if this $1 trillion a year was used to provide the Middle East with solar panels or seeds for food or infrastructure fixing or uh, providing people with clean water, ending world hunger. I mean, we see that according to UN estimates, to end world hunger would require $30 billion a year, which Mm -hmm. is three only 3% of US military spending. So when we're talking about the safety and security of the world, I think we have to be looking at these numbers and looking at what our government is currently investing in and all of the other different social and environmental needs that it could be investing and instead to both make the US more safe and secure, but also abroad. That's probably true. And it's a startling figure that 3% of the military budget would have that impact. But it does remain true that, for example, the attacks on 9-11 cost less than half a million dollars. And while the US may be spending a vast amount of money, some other bad actors tend to get a lot more value, a lot more, literally a lot more bang for their buck. Would you accept that even if we did that, there still would be dangerous people out there who are capable of putting together, be they expensive or cheap, but still very dangerous weapons that they would attack people with? Well, I can't say that we're going to solve all conflict here and now if we suddenly shifted to a peace-based economy, but I think we would make great headway. And right now, when with the U.S. being this leading warmonger in the world, again, as we've talked about spending $1 trillion a, a year on war, mm-hmm. it's also leading an example to those other countries and those other bad actors you're talking about. You know, how are they supposed to respond when they see a country like the United States spending this? much on the military. We have over 800 foreign military bases across the world. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that war spending further perpetuates more war spending and further stockpiling of weapons. And so if we're going to get anywhere towards peace, we need to stop that and reallocate that money. I understand what you're saying. L- let me put you a point of view. That I want to get your reaction to it that people in organizations like yours and other people on the left tend to hold the West to a much higher standard than they do other regimes and other actors around the world. And that's fine. But they also tend to let those other regimes away with an awful lot more without criticizing them. And you're correct about the vast amount of money that 
the U.S. spends on military. You're correct about that it, it is often badly spent and perhaps achieves the reverse of its aim. But aren't regimes that are incredibly oppressive, that come from very repressive cultures and that have really very little regard for human life, aren't they due equal or more criticism? Certainly, we do not support conflict in any area. We would not condone that action, whether by the U.S. or any of those other actors that you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And we want to see all countries abide by international law. Um, so certainly, you're correct in that regard. Um, but what, I, what I'm talking about when I'm really putting this emphasis on the U.S. is just to really draw our attention to the fact that the U.S. is really leading and being a warmonger, and that in doing so, as I said, it's encouraging other countries to also take part in this war culture, you might call it. Do you think that people perhaps who are more supportive of the military in the US, they hold a view that the US military and the US war machine in general is more moral? Would you accept that that's true? Yes, I think that people believe that, that it, that we're acting, the United States government is acting out of moral, uh, impetus, but that is because of the propaganda that is spun by our government, which we talked about earlier with these interventions, which are often, you know, billed as something that is, uh, moral, that is in the, in the, in, in the interest of human rights. But in reality, we see that they cause more damage than they prevent, that they leave countries absolutely devastated and in chaos, such as Iraq and Libya and Syria. Mm. Um, so I think, yes, that people people believe that they are uh, fought for moral reasons, but that is not really the reality on the ground as we're seeing it unfold. Okay. One event or two events that came close together in time that, that struck me and made me think about this. One was the bombing of the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester in the UK. Ariana Grande is a, a singer that appeals to a fairly young female demographics. So there were a large number of children at her concert and suffered and died in that bombing. And at this, roughly the same time, I don't remember the name of a particular ISIS uh, bomb maker, was killed by a drone controlled by the US in the ISIS-controlled area in, I think, in Iraq. And the US had spent millions of dollars following that man around with a drone for weeks. And that guy had made a particular point of having a young child with him at all times because he knew he was likely to be assassinated in that way. And they waited patiently until one uh, time when he was alone, or he was not with the child, in order to launch a bomb at him. I don't think that's a particularly tasteful way to kill anybody. But isn't that an enormous moral difference? You know, I can't speak to that specific incident, which I hadn't heard of before. But, mm -hmm. you know... <sighs> I don't think we can just hold that one isolated example as an exemplification of all U.S. military action because I've seen, you know, much data to the opposite of that, of to the opposite, meaning the U.S. having drone attacks at weddings and yes, killing yes, entire yes. And families. I've, I've, I've mentioned so, that on, on, on the podcast before in, in, in uh, I forget the name of the uh, village in Afghanistan. I'll put it in a link in the notes. But to go and specifically target a ch uh, concert where young girls, teenage girls and, and even younger uh, were going for a bombing. That's, that's just an order of magnitude more debased, isn't it? 
Absolutely. I mean, that is a horrific action. And again, like I said, we're we are opposing all violence and all war across the board. I don't necessarily have sympathy for commentators and Fox News, but can you understand, can you have some empathy for where people are coming from when they say we take such care when we're trying to take out a bomb maker, the sort of guy who would be training the people to do that bombing at an Ariana Grande concert? We take that much care to do that. Are they completely wrong to feel that they are doing something more moral? You mean doing something more moral by taking out the bomb maker? By do, being particularly careful to wait for weeks so uh, for a point when he is not accompanied by a child. And indeed, perhaps unknowingly to, for the child, he's making that child uh, essentially a human shield. But to have the patience and to spend millions of dollars following him with a drone for all of that time. Again, I can't speak to an isolated incident, and I think sort of the danger with pulling out a single example like this is that people will use this to to say, oh, you see, the U.S. is, is working in a moral way. But again, they're not looking at the full picture. If you're only looking at this one illustration, you're not looking at Yemen and Syria and Iraq mm-hmm. and all of these other incidents where we the U.S. government is very guilty of killing civilians, women, children and, el- and the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there is a danger of the media pulling out this one example and um, using it sort of to perpetuate U.S. intervention without showing that larger context. I hear what you're saying. And also, I realize it's a difficult example because it's something that is in a paradigm that you don't really accept in the sense I gather that you're either a pacifist or certainly very strongly against militarism. And for people maybe on the other side of the aisle who don't understand that or don't see any rationale to that. Can you give them an illustration of how you think the world should work and how we could move to uh, a better way? Yeah, so the thing about World Beyond War and our mission, which is to abolish all war and replace it with a culture of peace, is that it is not an isolated cause simply for the quote-unquote pacifist or person that is anti-violence. It is really something that can appeal to every single human on Earth. But going back to what we were talking about earlier with the amount of money, taxpayer money, that is currently being spent by the U.S. government on militarism. Mm-hmm. And so whatever your cause might be that you are concerned about, whether it is the transition to renewable energy, whether it is lowering tax dollars, whether it is education or healthcare or fixing infrastructure, whatever that causes it that you care about, it is being impeded by the fact that $1 trillion a year of U.S. taxpayer money is going to war. And so this is not just about uh, pacifism. This is really about Every single issue that we want to see improves in our society is being blocked while this money is currently allocated to warmongering. Greta Zaro, the organizing director for World Beyond War, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, William. Make your view heard. Email podcast at challengingopinions.com to set out your ideas and defend them on the next podcast. Go to the website for sources and links to what we were talking about. And while you're there, please like the show on Facebook, follow at ChallengingO on Twitter, and follow World Beyond War at World Beyond War. And get in touch with me if you can suggest a guest or a topic for a future show. Also, you can find out how to subscribe to the podcast for free on your computer, on your phone, or by email. It's all at www.challengingopinions.com. 
and remember the Patreon account. Thanks to the people who've signed up as patrons so far. I really appreciate that. And if you can do the same, please go to the website and follow the links. Coming up next Monday, that's September 17th, I'll be talking to Laurie Price of LegitGov.org. The Changing Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening. <laughs>